Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, January the 9th, 2024. It is currently 1115 a.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Do you feel it yet? Are, are you getting that feeling yet? That feeling like, wait a minute, what, did we have a holiday? Wait, did Christmas happen? Wait, was there, was there Thanksgiving? Wait, what, wait, was, was there a New Year's? Because now you're just back to your normal daily routine, right? Things have just gotten back to normal and it probably feels like the holidays, I don't even know if you even remember them. They were here and they were just gone and now we're back into our daily routines and well, things return to normal and well, that can be good, that can be bad. We can fall into our kind of just a rut. We can, things, uh, all of maybe the excitements we had about New Year's resolutions have already gone and maybe we've already fallen aside on those. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it impacts you, but sometimes this is about that time you kind of look back going, wow, that's, it's over. Christmas is over. The decorations are down. The tree is put away. Everything is gone. And it's just like, okay. And now you just move forward to the next thing. And I, I guess that's the way it's supposed to work since you can't, dwell on the past and live in the past and you, you, you just have to move forward. But it's that daily routine. It's just that, you know, wake up, do all the normal things, time to go to bed, wake up, do all the normal things, time to go to bed, wake up. It's that routine that I think in many ways can be very detrimental and almost distracting to us spiritually speaking. I think sometimes we struggle more with the routine in our spiritual life than anything else. And and maybe maybe you think differently, but I just think sometimes it's just the everyday, all right, do this, do that, do this, that then, I don't know, I think we just kind of get much more of a, do we get a much more fleshly perspective, a much more worldly perspective? And I'm not saying fleshly or worldly and necessarily in a sinful way. We're just not so spiritually minded. We're not so heavenly minded. We're just like, I got, I, I got to just, these are the things I have to do. These are my daily routines and trying to grab onto something and pull the spiritual back into that routine, I think can be very difficult. I think can be uh, at times a struggle. Maybe, maybe so, maybe not. I don't know if I have that completely worked out, but I think there's something to that. That it's just in the daily struggle. And what we're trying to do for 2024 is in that daily routine, ensure that at some point you reach over, you grab your phone or your iPad, and you do grab onto something heavenly. heavenly. You do grab onto something spiritual and pull it right into the middle of that daily routine. And that thing I'm tell, I've told you to do and I've challenged you to do is to grab the Sermons 2.0 app, open it up, grab a random sermon at least one time a day and listen to it and think about it and meditate on it where you're trying to drag a little bit of spirituality into that daily routine. And it's already January the 9th and I don't know how you're doing. I don't know. Are you doing okay? I know some of you doing, you're, you're not having any problems. You're just like, boom, 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 boom. Here's my sermon. Here's my sermon. Here's my sermon. Others of you, you may have already been struggling. Some of you, I think you may have missed a couple of days, but for some reason you're going back and, and making up for it by listening to two or three in a day. That's awesome. Don't allow that be, to become 
problematic. Don't let that happen because I don't want it to become a burden. We want this just to be, hey, every day I'm going to try to partake of some spiritual food. And hopefully you're seeing some positives in it. Hopefully something beneficial is arising from it. Sometimes in that daily routine where I think can be distracting and pull us away and where we stop thinking spiritually, I think sometimes when we try to bring in a spiritual routine or discipline into that daily routine, it may take a while before we can really judge the benefits that arises from it. And even if you don't see, this is the way I would say it, even if you don't see some really tangible, measurable difference or benefit, you do have to to see it from this perspective. For that 45 minutes, for that hour that you were listening to that sermon, even if you don't do anything with it, even if you stop thinking about it as soon as the sermon ends, at least for that 45 minutes or an hour, your brain was at least being challenged to think spiritually instead of just looking at your daily routine going, I got to do this, got to do this. Well, this irritates me and this bothers me and this frustrates me. And I have to, instead of just allowing all of that to be dominate your life, maybe just even an hour of breaking through the routine so that there's something spiritual. At least that's an hour worth of benefit, even if it doesn't last beyond the hour. So I'm hoping that people will participate. I don't know where your struggles have been. For me, for me personally, my struggles really begin on, say, a Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, because I'm thinking about my own sermons. And then on Sunday, I'm preaching you know, so I, on Sunday, I did three hours of teaching. So I'm thinking, okay, there I go, but I still need my own spiritual food. So how to fit that in for me? And then sometimes on Monday, I kind of want to just kind of take it easy. So I, I've got to figure out how to navigate Saturday, Sundays, and maybe parts of Monday. I don't know if I have a good way of of navigating that, but that's going to be where my struggle is. I've already been able to determine where my struggle is. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. I don't know where yours is, but hopefully you're navigating it. You're working through it. Hopefully you've got other people to encourage you, to challenge you, to ask you if you listen today. If If you don't have anyone who's participating with you, then I'll try to turn on the microphone as much as possible going, hey, 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 don't forget the Sermons 2.0 app challenge, right? How are you doing? How many sermons do you have written down? So hopefully you have a lot. Now, what we're going to do today is yesterday, if you were participating in the Sermons 2.0 app challenge, yesterday was all about carnal Christians. And all, and that had appeared. The reason it was, the reason it became a day dedicated to that is one of the sermons that we listened to, or I listened to, that we reviewed together dealt with this idea of carnal Christians and basically saying there's no such thing, but then turned around and then kind of said there are such things. It was really confusing. So then I did an hour of teaching on Sunday night about carnal Christians and whether they exist or don't exist. And I read from a, a commentary and, and we, we looked at some things. I thought, I thought we did a decent job there. But then I told everyone yesterday, when you open up the Sermons 2.0 uh, app, do a search for carnal Christians or 1 Corinthians 3. That, that, was, that was your assignment. 
well, I, we didn't talk about it yesterday. We didn't do anything. So what I wanted to do today is try to kind of still talk about something related to carnal Christians, yet because it's the next day, kind of move forward. So I chose a sermon uh, and this one, I mean, it was still re- relatively uh, random because I did type in carnal Christians, but then I immediately started thinking, well, that was yesterday. So what do I do today? So I started scrolling through them. And then I saw one entitled, in fact, I have it right here, Causes of Carnality and Christianity. Causes of Carnality and Christianity. I'm like, okay, this kind of fits, right? This is acknowledging that there are times carnality appears within Christianity, whether they believe in carnal Christians or don't believe. They do believe carnality appears within Christianity and they have the causes. And please note what immediately caught my my, my my attention, what really got my interest was causes, plural. The causes of carnality and Christianity, not the cause of carnality, but causes. And I'm like, oh, I've got to hear this because they believe that there are multiple causes. It sounds like, sounds like they're using the plural causes, not cause, not the cause of carnality, but causes. So I'm like, okay, this will fit with our carnal Christian or our carnal Christians from yesterday, yet it will advance it a little bit. It appears it's from the book of James, so it won't be 1 Corinthians 3. So this will add, this will be connected. It will be carnal Christian adjacent. But it will also move forward. So then maybe I can kind of, you know, make up a little bit for not doing anything yesterday, yet still try to accomplish something today. So that's what we're going to do. So first, the sermon, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go find it. I want you to download it. And I want you to listen to it if you can. Now, I know, uh, I know that I doing that, you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm already listening to a sermon. I understand that. So you know, if you can, great. Now, if you haven't chosen a sermon for the day, then I just randomly chose one for you, okay? All right, so here we go. It is called Causes of Carnality and Christianity. Causes of Carnality and Christianity. The broadcaster is Anchor Baptist Church. Anchor Baptist Church. The date for this is September the 27th, 2023. The text is James chapter 4, verse 1. So James 4, 1, uh, Wednesday, September the 27th, 2023. It's a Sunday service. Well, wait a minute. Okay, well, I guess they posted it on, it's a Sunday. They, they put it as a category as Sunday service, but its date is Wednesday, September the 27th. So either they waited till Wednesday to upload it, or when they chose the category, instead of choosing Sunday, they chose, um, sun, or they, instead of, cho- instead of choosing midweek service, they accidentally hit Sunday. I don't know. But that's the information. Again, Anchor Baptist Church, causes of carnality and Christianity. Causes of Carnality and Christianity. It already it has 67 downloads, so that's pretty good. There used to be a day on Sermon Audio where it felt like every sermon at a minimum had like 300 downloads. That, that was just like the go-to. Times have definitely changed, but okay. But 67, that, that's relatively good in 2024 terms. So that's a good job, uh, but we can add some to that, right? We should be able to get that to 100, you would think. All right. So someone already downloaded it. So very good. Causes of carnality and Christianity. 
Anchor Baptist Church. Good. Yeah, some of you are already finding it. I already see the numbers going up. So thank you so very much for doing that. Now, how should we start? I think the way we should start this is not by immediately hitting play. I think the way we should start this is is not. I think I think the way we should start this is by doing something other than just simply reading James 4.1. How we're going to start this is with a definition. Because when we say carnality or carnal, I think typically we understand we think of carnality or carnal as being something very sinful, right? Being something very sinful, but does carnality Im- immediately demands and, and typically a lot of times it's more sexual as where we typically take it. But when we think of carnality, does it has to, does it have to immediately be something? You know, ooh, something really bad, something really shameful, something really horrible, something really scandalous. If you look at the definition, I think it may have, it may even be more challenging for us if we're really honest with ourselves. Because here is the definition of carnality. All right. This is from uh, Miriam Webster. Here we go. Excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure. Excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure. Now, if the immediate question would be, what is excessive? Well, from a Christian perspective, you see where this is going to be very complicated or or maybe not complicated. It's going to make you realize how maybe carnal you really are, even if you don't want to admit it. Because people say there there's no such thing as carnal Christians. But if carnality is simply the excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure, well, then now, now let's just put this into a biblical category. What does the Bible say? Love the Lord that God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Deny yourself, die to self, no longer follow self, follow Christ. All things are for his glory. Seek him, seek him, put him first, put him first. Well, then excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure would be measured by in what ways are you seeking fleshly pleasure more than you're seeking God's glory, God's honor, God's kingdom, his word, prayer, fasting. And I think if you're even remotely honest, you spend a good portion of your day pursuing fleshly pleasure. Right? Some people talk how much they love sleep. Well, then engaging in sleep, you're pursuing fleshly pleasure. Now, you have to do it, obviously, but when you're doing it because you love it, because you desire it, you're doing exactly what you're... You may take a nap. Do you really need it? Food, you need it, but you can... You, it, you, in other words, it's very easy to slide over into doing these things simply out of a pursuit of fleshly pleasure. How much time do you spend doing things that you like to do, doing things you want to do versus spending time in God's word? I think immediately you can start going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If carnality is simply the excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure. Now, what some people would take the word fleshly and say, oh, that's sinful. But does it have to be sinful to be fleshly? If I'm pursuing pleasure of the flesh, it does, does that necessarily have to be sinful? Can it simply be pursuing that which is of the flesh, of the world? Uh, it has, it's not about God or, or his kingdom or, or, or the gospel or anything like that. Or are we going to take fleshly and make it specifically about something sinful? I think that's at least something for us to struggle with, right? When we talk about idolatry, 
Don't we always say when you put anything before God? Well, then if you start looking at that, how do you measure when you've placed something before God? Well, typically what we give our attention to, our focus on, well, then that can become an idol. Well, then you can become guilty of idolatry. Even if you're not necessarily doing something specifically sinful, it becomes sinful because now you have placed your love, attention, adoration, focus, and time on something other than God in a way that places it before God. Well, if excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure is carnality, well, then any, any, and do you would measure excessive as it's, it goes before God. It's before God. Well, if I, if I wake up, let me throw it, let me try it this way. I wake up on a, let's just say a Thursday, wake up, get some food, take a shower, do all those things. You get ready for the day. Say, I'm ready by about 9.30 a.m. And from 9.30 a.m. till 9.30 p.m., I watch movies. I may read a novel. I listen to music. And everything I'm doing, not, nothing there is, I'm not pursuing God. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not studying my Bible. I give 12 hours to all of these kinds of pleasures that are clearly fleshly, they're clearly worldly. I'm not even referring to being sinful. They are just not of spiritual. They're not godly. They're not pursuing that. They're, they're, they're things of this world. Would that be an excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure? Would that then be an evidence of carnality? So whenever we're going to talk about carnal Christians, we have to make sure we have a real good understanding of carnal or carnality. And I think carnality, when broken down that way, you can see where you're immediately going, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, I thought I was doing really good here. Because I think in our minds, carnal means like, you know, going to Vegas and, and getting drunk and doing drugs and you know, sleeping with a prostitute and going to a strip club. Like we, we tend to think of carnal in these most ex- extreme examples. So then we feel like I'm not carnal. I'm not carnal at all. But you don't have to go to Vegas. You can be doing a million things that maybe in and of themselves are not sinful, but they clearly are about the, you, about the flesh, about your own pleasure. And you are pursuing it in an excessive way. And excessive would be measured by you're doing it, you're pursuing it, having more passion, having more zeal for that than you do the things of God. At that point, then I can say, oh, I think we would all have to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, be, maybe I'm more guilty of this than I thought. See, people just like, there cannot be carnal Christians. And then they define carnal Christians in the most extreme way, right? These are people who are just like, they're committing every kind of wrong. And then everyone else falls into, oh, we're not carnal. Look how, look at how godly we are. We're not carnal. But sometimes, look, I've been in those kinds of churches. Hey, we're not carnal. We don't listen to secular music. We're not carnal. But you see the carnality in them just as much as you see it in others. It's just in a different way. That, that's kind of where I think we should start. We should start right there. And you can tell me what you think. And by all means, I'm just throwing this out there more as a hypothesis for you to flush out and you to struggle with and you to think about. If carnality is simply excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure, I think we've all been there because we pursue, we, do we not pursue what we like and what we want over and over? Consider an entire year. How much of that time is spent? Oh, you're doing this and you're doing this. 
and you're going here and you're having fun doing this and you're having fun doing that and you enjoy this. And this is your favorite thing. And oh, you love this and oh, you love that. And we went here and we did. But do you have that same kind of pursuit and joy and pleasure in reading, studying, sermons, church, prayer? I think I think we can all at least hit, hit the pause button and go, hmm. So if that's carnality, what are the causes of said carnality that appear in Christianity? Because that kind of carnality, the excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure, is just as much present in the church as it is in the world. And don't even get don't even get me started because you look at churches that do a lot to accommodate and satisfy that pursuit of pleasure. Churches do a lot to to satisfy people's desire for pleasure. They do. So what are the causes, plural? Well, we're going to jump into this sermon. I know we've already spent 20 minutes, but I really, this is what I'm just really struggle with when I saw that definition today. Because I'm like, okay, carnality. All right. So, well, before I, you know, before I move forward, let me at least consider what does carnality actually mean? Because I I mean, I can sit there and go, I'm not carnal. I mean, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. But then there are other ways. I'm like, you know what? I think I have a strong, excessive pursuit of fleshly pleasure in a hundred different ways. How do, how do you typically view carnality? Now, you may disagree with the way I'm classifying it, the way I'm describing it. You may be pushing back right now going, you're wrong, you're wrong. And that's okay. That's the reason we listen to sermons. That's the reason we're doing this sermons challenge, because we're hearing these different things and we struggle with these concepts, right? That's why we do this. That's how we benefit spiritually from it. My job is to always try to take these things and look, look at it in a little different way to get us thinking. I just think if we really look at it from a very general way of understanding it, Carnality is much more present than we would like to pretend uh, that it isn't. And I think this immediately begins to call into question claims that there's no such thing as carnal Christians. Now, typically we define carnal as the most like extreme, like just completely no sign of spiritual life. But I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the way we have to completely grab onto that term. Let's see how they define carnality in this sermon, but I just want to know the causes. So here we go. We're not going to review all of it, obviously. So you go look it up, you go listen, but here is my sermon for the Sermons 2.0 app challenge for today, January the 9th, 2024. And it begins like this. All right. If you have your Bibles open up to James chapter number four, James chapter number four, and uh, we're going to continue in the book of James. And uh, Lord willing, we have live stream tonight. We thought we had live stream Sunday night, and we did not. And so, it just, hey, that's the nature of technology. Sometimes it decides to uh, not work for you. Praise the Lord. James chapter number 4, and verse number 1, we're going to look at this. And uh, we finished up James chapter 3, moving on into James chapter 4. And verse number 1, the Bible says this. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members? Let's stop right there and uh, we'll pray. He gives the introduction there of what he's going to talk about. 
and, uh, and we're going to cover that, and uh, we'll go down further than that, but let's stop right there and let's pray this evening. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, for your many blessings. Thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house, Father, in the middle of the week. And God, I pray that you would use me. God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch hearts as only you can. And Father, I pray that you would help us as we look into your word. And God, we see what you have for us. I pray that uh, you would speak to our hearts, Father, and, and help us Uh, as we strive to follow uh, what you would have us to do. Father, we'll thank you for that. And God, will give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at the first verse there, uh, really he asks a question. From whence come wars and fighting among you? Uh, And I put as a title for the message tonight causes of carnality in Christianity. Causes of carnality in Christianity. James is about to address an issue that has been around for a long time. Sometimes we're prone to think that uh, carnality in Christianity is just a 20th century problem. Uh, but it's not just a 20th century problem, all right? It existed in Bible times. It existed in James' day. It existed in Paul's day. It existed in Peter's day. And it's existed uh, ever since that time. And he deals with it in this passage. And now, I think that's an interesting... And I think it just has to be... Look, I know nobody likes to acknowledge this because American Christianity has so turned Christianity almost into an info commercial that we can't ever acknowledge the reality. Carnality has been a part and inside Christianity from the very beginning. Go go before you would call it Christianity, you would call it God's people. Carnality was in Israel. Carnality showed up in David, in Solomon, in Abraham. And you just go all, you can go through all of them. Carnality showed up in everyone to some way, in some way, shape or form, because that's what happens. And the question is, why? Why does it keep showing up? Now, my thing is, I know we could go back to the debate, and I don't want to go back to the debate, but people say there's no such thing as carnal Christians. Well, you have to at least admit there's carnality within Christianity. Now, many who say there's no carnal Christians, then anyone who exhibits, uh, I don't know, evidence of carnality, then will be thrown out and saying that they were never truly a, a child of God and they were not saved. But then the people throwing them out has to then try to cover up or pretend there's no carnality in them. That's why I started with that definition. Now, I don't know. If, I, I, I hope he starts with a definition of carnality. Because if we get a good understanding of carnality, then, because we have to first identify it. But I think he's going to go with the causes of. Now, I don't know. what I, I still don't like the idea of causes plural. I think there's causes one or cause one. I don't think there's causes. But let's see how he approaches this. And I think this, this is really going to be, I think, the thesis of his sermon. I know I've turned this more into a discussion of what exactly is carnality. Because once we know what it is, then we have a greater chance of seeing it. And I see it in me. Now, if I reduce it to the really, really, really bad stuff, then I, of course, can pat myself on the back and go, well, I'm not that carnal. There's not much carnality. There may not even be any. If I really reduce it to very strict, external, horrible things, I may be able to to convince myself there's none present. But if we change the definition, we'll see it. He's going to go more for the causes. I'm hoping at least he, he entertains a definition. Well, let's see how he approaches it. 
And so it has been around for a long time, and we, we need to understand that. As we think about this and the causes, uh, I've got an illustration just to kind of help us understand uh, this, and, and you'll understand this. A doctor should never prescribe medicine without first conducting tests and exams or whatever means necessary to identify a problem. All right? Uh, if you go to the doctor and he gives you medicine, uh, who knows what it's for, okay? Uh, and the reason is, if the doctor prescribes blood pressure medicine without identifying the problem, it will not relieve an ailment in the kidneys, okay? If you go to the doctors and you got a blood pressure problem or a heart problem, and, and, uh, and he just says, yeah, I think this medicine will cut it, and gives you medicine for kidneys or for stomach or uh, for something else, that's not going to help you. In these verses, uh, James and God ultimately identify and examine the cause of a problem. Uh, and there's a few root underlying problems that could be the factors of carnality in Christianity. I'll give you example, another example that we can all understand. If, if, uh, if you or, or a child has a runny nose, all right, that is a symptom. But what's the cause? Well, it could be several things. It does not have to be one thing. It may be that you have allergies. Uh, it may be that you just have a common cold, all right? It may be that you ate something spicy, okay? Uh, that happens too. Uh, and so, uh, I don't know, maybe there's other causes even. But I'm just saying you get the idea is that there can be several underlying causes that can cause the exact same symptom. And the symptom that he's looking at is carnality, that is in Christianity. And so that, that, that carnality that exists in, in Christianity, he's going to give us several causes uh, from what those can, underlying conditions rather, uh, from what those can stem from. And the first... All right, he's just going to go straight to the causes. So he, he's basically making the assumption carnality has shown up in Christianity forever. It's, it's obviously present today. Now, what causes the carnality? Now, here, this is where if I was, if we were listening to this in, in church or we were listening to this together, this is where I would hit pause and I would look over and I would say, okay, now I need you to write down your four guesses of what he's going to label as causes. Give me four things you think he's going to put down, possibly put down as causes for carnality. Then I would ask you, do you think there's more than one? Now, I want you to guess what he's going to give. Give me four guesses of what he's going to list as causes for this. And then do you personally think there are multiple causes for carnality or there's only one? I, I, I look at this moment, my mind tells me I'm going with a one. I'm, I'm going with one because I feel Christianity is always looking for the causes of carnality. Hey, 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 these are the things causing carnality uh, inside the church. And so this is what you need to stop watching that. You need to stop going here. You need to get rid of that. And we go, we go for all the external things that is causing the carnality. And I say it again, I do not think the causes of carnality are external 
Now, when I say I say it again, I haven't really said it so far in this message, but if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know I constantly get frustrated with Christianity's attempt to always blame everything on external causes, condemn external causes, call for the boycott, censoring, silence, removal, uh, uh, blocking, whatever you've got to do. But the issue is you're, you're getting rid of all the things that you're blaming, and the real issue is inside of you. I think it's a Cause, not causes. James, maybe we'll agree with what he's going to say. Let's see. He's about to give us the first cause of carnality. One notice here that he deals with in verse number one, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Uh, notice the first verse there really deals with contention. And he's asking the question, from whence come wars and fightings? And wars is a really good word that he uses to help illustrate a point. Uh, a war, what is a war? A war is a battle between two countries, really, ultimately. And many times uh, it is a battle that is for control. Uh, you think about the whole idea of Russia and Ukraine, all right? And maybe there's a whole bunch of underlying factors. We're just going to take the real simplistic approach, okay? Uh, why, did, why did Russia attack Ukraine? Uh, basically to control it. Uh, basically because they wanted control of Ukraine. Uh, why does uh, any country attack another country, even going back to Bible times? Generally speaking, it's because they want to control that country. Uh, it's whoever can be the most powerful. And so the idea that he's giving us here is he's saying, from whence come wars and fightings among you? And he's saying, hey, uh, really the idea is contention between two people. And that is contention is a heated argument. Uh, note this verse down in Proverbs chapter number 13 and verse number 10. It's a wonderful verse, Proverbs 13, 10. The Bible says this, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. And we find that pride usually goes with contention. If you see two people arguing, generally the base of the argument, when you boil it all down, is I'm right and you're wrong. That's really it. Uh, that is the bottom line of the argument. And so uh, the idea there is that, hey, the two people are going to try and figure out which one is right and which one is wrong. More times than not, pride is involved. And really, uh, that is the baseline for a lot of that. And that's what the Bible says, only by pride cometh contention. And so we see this striving between people, this arguing that goes back and forth, and uh, one is right and one is not right, and this and that. And, and he's asking, where do these come from? And I found another verse in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 5. The Bible says, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. 
Boy, what a great verse. Let me read that again. That's 1 Timothy 6, 5. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such, withdraw thyself. Uh, and then it goes on, I believe, in, in, in verse number 6 and says um, that, that basically the love of money is the root of all evil and that godliness with contentment is great gain. And so that's kind of the context there. But the idea is, hey, that, that there's, there is uh, those who would be contentious and would fight. And he's asking, where, did this, where does this come from? Note this. Um, he says in, in James chapter 4 and verse number 1, from whence come wars and fightings? Note these two words, among you. Among you. Now, who's he writing? He's writing believers. He's writing saved people. We expect that the world is going to argue. We expect that. We expect it in, in the workforce, you know, that, that people are going to argue and that people are going to try and get ahead and that people are going to try and uh, gain that promotion and, and get to that top slot because oftentimes that, that's just the way the world works. After all, that's all they have to live for. Now, this is funny. This is good that he's pointing out among you. Now, I'm still trying to figure out the causes. Right now, he's looking at the, the, the symptoms of carnality. Here, like, here's how car- carnality manifests itself. It manifests itself in wars and fightings amongst you. You Christians are fighting and warring and divided. And, and they're, they're, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the manifestation of the carnality. Now, what causes it? Now, he's going to get to the causes, but I, I just have to stop here to just kind of share my own experience here with Christianity. When I first became a Christian, right? I, I had obviously clearly been in the world. I'd seen the fighting, the arguing, the hatred, the bitterness, the bullying, just all the bad of the world, right? All the bad. And so when I became a Christian, I felt like, oh, I'm leaving all of that bad and I'm going to walk into a place. And maybe this was naive. Maybe this was just me envisioning the way we're now believers in Christ. You're a Christian. I'm a Christian. You're going to love me. I'm going to love you. You're going to put me before yourself. I'm going to put you before yourself. There's not going to be any selfishness, bitterness, division, fighting, backstabbing, gossip, slander. We're all going to love one another. It's going to be great. I, I now have people who will love me. I now have people who will stand up for me and people who will protect me. People will look out for me. I, this is going to be amazing. And I, and I don't know exactly when, but I started realizing I, I felt relatively soon. It didn't take a lot how some Christians handled the death of my mother. I've told those stories it was just absolutely horrific how some of that went down. And I'm like, this isn't the way I thought it was going to be. And then the longer I've been in Christianity, fighting and church splits and, and division and people leaving a church. And then they can't just leave a church. They got to badmouth it and badmouth it and gossip and slander. Still thinking that they're the spiritual ones. People who just like, you know, don't even tell you that they're leaving. They just like, they're just whoop, gone and they leave your church. And they don't care about anybody else that they leave behind. They don't care about the future of the church. They just care about themselves, themselves. Now they, they will always say, I care about theology and I care about doctrine. Yeah, whatever, whatever. And, and, and you kind of watch it all play itself out and you're kind of like, ugh, what in the world is wrong with this? 
And I think a lot, I think a lot of people come into Christianity thinking because we sell it like, Hey, we, we're going to, we now have this power. We have this ability. We're not going to be like the evil world. And then you get into Christianity and you see that behind the curtain, right? You know, the, uh, the, the, the man behind the curtain, like the wizard of Oz, you find out it's not quite what it was sold, sold to be. That's why I always say there's a Christianity we sell the info commercial. And we sell it like it's the greatest product in the world. And you get a little bit of that. And then you won't be like that horrible, broken, messed up world, right? Who fight and backstab and gossip. I mean, why would you want that? We've got something better. And then you find out that Christianity is filled with the same kind of carnality. Christian marriages fall apart. Husbands and wives fight and can't get along. They can't fix their problem. Christianity doesn't seem to be able to fix their problem. Issues here, issues there, issues here, issues there. This problem, just all the same kind of issues. They may manifest themselves in a little bit different way. Typically, they manifest themselves in a different way because we do such a good job of covering them in fig leaves. But here, James is like, why is there so many? Where does the war and fighting among you show up? Where, why is it showing up here? Read 1 Corinthians. Just read any of the epistles to the churches. The churches are a complete and total mess. And that's, that's biblical times. So he, he's going to give us causes. I wish, I, I still think there's only one cause, but we'll, we'll see. What do you, what, well, okay, let's just, let's just go. I, I, uh, I want so much I want to say, but I want to get as far as we can into this sermon. Here we go. They don't have anything else. We have far more to live for than just worldly gain and, and things like that. But the world, especially in, uh, in the workforce and all over, really, it's not just the workforce, even among politics. And I've mentioned that before. Uh, you have two guys that are just, man, they are, they put on the boxing gloves and uh, I, even tonight, I think they're going at it, you know, and, uh, and trying to tear the other person down so that they look better. And, and the whole idea is, hey, I want to, well, they're vying for a position of authority. Not only amongst uh, work and politics, I mean, it's all over, really, uh, in the world. Uh, and as I said, they don't have anything else to live for. But listen, in Christianity, that's who he's dealing with. He says, whence come wars and fightings among you? And, and listen, uh, this has no place in Christianity, and yet it's prevalent in churches, and it's prevalent between churches, and oftentimes it's even prevalent between Christians. Now, I'm not saying that we should not stand for the truth. Okay, there's a great difference between standing for what is right. We'll stand for what is right. We will proclaim the word of God. We will proclaim salvation. We will proclaim the doctrines that are are correct and right. But listen, there's a far difference from proclaiming the truth and standing for what is right and being contentious with other people. There's a big difference. And he's asking the question, where does this contention come from? Hey, what is the cause of this? And he's going to get to it. But go with me to Mark. Save your spot here in in James chapter 4, as we'll be back here. But go with me to Mark chapter number 9. And I want you to see that this is is not a new problem, okay? This is something that even Jesus himself dealt with. Mark chapter 9 and verse number 32. Mark 9, 32. 
The Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse number 32. Am I in the right spot? I am. Let me read it here. But they understood not that saying and were afraid to ask him. This is not the passage that I was looking for. We're really close. Yeah, let's start at verse 33. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What is it that ye, were, that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? Okay, we're right, we're right there. Verse 33. And he came to Capernaum, and, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? Let me just stop there and say this. The disciples and Jesus would walk many times. I feel so, as someone who does podcasts, as someone who preaches, oh, I feel so bad when that happens. That's happened to me so many times. You get to the passage and then you start looking at it, you're like, wait, this is not the right, wait, wait, this is the right, and then you're either like, your brain is telling you it's supposed to say, like in your mind, you remember it as saying something different. You're looking at it like, wait, wait, what am I supposed to do with this? And then you either you can't find it, you wrote it down the wrong way, or you did write it down, but now you can't remember why you put it in your notes in the first place. You're like, why did I choose this one? And you're like, it, I don't know if it fits. So the next thing you know, you start trying to make it fit. And then, oh, I hate that. I hate that. And then from that point on, when you're trying to preach, you're still thinking about what went wrong, what went wrong there. And then you start, at least for me, I'm thinking, okay, hurry up and get this sermon over so I can delete this from the internet. Wait, I'm live. People are listening. To the, oh, I hate that. 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 Okay. But we're still trying to get to the cause of the war and the fighting. The war and the fighting is a symptom of carnality. Now, what's the cause of the carnality? Now, to me, it's carnality that's causing the war and the fighting if carnal so to, it's real so carnality is the issue wars and fighting is a symptom of it which would tell me that then carnality is the cause the, the cause of the war and fighting is carnality but he's like no carnality is the problem we need the cause of the carnality and one of the things that shows his cause uh carnality is war and fighting Trying to follow this could maybe get, we're, we're trying to get cause, you know, cause and effect and which comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. I think it can get a little confusing now that I'm thinking about it. So he's, he's like, carnality is the thing we need the cause of. Now, war and fighting. We need to get the cause of the war and the fighting. What I thought, I thought that we're trying to get the cause of carnality. So you're saying carnality causes war and fighting. So, but then if carnality causes the war and fighting, then we need to go a step further and get the cause of the carnality. Well, I, 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 I'm going to be interesting to see how he, he, he makes this work because to me, this is kind of getting tied up into a knot now. This is getting a little confusing, but maybe it's going to make sense. It, it probably made sense in his mind and I'm trying to follow along, but maybe my problem is he keeps saying causes and I don't think there's causes. I think there's one cause. And I could argue that the cause of carnality is carnality and the source of that carnality is, okay, l l let's just see where this goes. And um, uh, I traveled in a car with six kids uh, for many hours, all right? And it wasn't walking. I couldn't even imagine walking because, oh, the more complaining that would have been. But uh, even just being in a car, you know, and traveling with people that you're spending time with them. And many times you will converse and many times there's a lot of good things. But also, hey, listen, there's times uh, that, that I know you're not going to believe this. My kids actually fought. 
on the trip. I knew you wouldn't believe me. They do. They did. And your kids fought too. I know. I know. Uh, all kids do. And, and you could imagine, here's the disciples, and they're, they're really the same. They're traveling with Jesus. They're going from place to place. They're walking, and as they're walking, they're conversing and they're talking. And there's, there's literally hours that are unaccounted for where Jesus would spend time with his disciples talking to them. And, and here we have an event where he's saying, hey, what was it that you guys were disputing about on the way? I'm sure Jesus was out a little farther up front and he was just praying. I, mean, I don't even want to know that conversation. I'm just going to keep praying. And, uh, and, and here the disciples were disputing. Go on with me in verse number 34. But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed amongst themselves who should be the greatest. Boy, I told you it's not a new problem. It existed in Jesus' day. It existed in in the Bible times. It exists today that that people would dispute and and they were embarrassed because they knew that they were wrong. They knew the the things that they had disputed about were incorrect. And and here they are. They were were struggling to see, oh, uh, well, Peter's better than Andrew and and Andrew's better than Philip and this and that and trying to uh, label themselves about who was the greatest uh, amongst the way, and, and, and certainly that is not godly, and that's not right. And we find that Jesus confronted them and dealt with them, and the same thing happens here in James chapter 4, from whence come wars and fightings among you? And he goes on in the next phrase, come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members. The word lust simply means longing desire. Oftentimes today we associate it with perversity and it does not always have to mean uh, perversity. We see here obviously very clearly uh, that that it has to do more so with uh, somebody striving to be better than somebody else. By the way, everyone has carnal appetites. We all do because we're all flesh and blood. And Okay, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so I'm trying to follow the logic here. All right, so this is a great subject. This is great. And I want you to listen to the sermon. So I'm not criticizing. I'm just trying to follow it. All right, so the the name of this is Causes of Carnality. Then he gives us war and fighting is almost a symptom of said carnality. Then he says the, the cause of the war and the fighting is lust. And then he says, lust is basically carnal desires. And then he says, we all have carnal desires because we're fleshly. Well, did you not just then answer the ultimate question? What is the cause? A cause, not causes of carnality is because we all have a carnal nature. We are all fleshly. We are all sinful. We have a sinful nature. We have a fleshly nature. Our nature seeks its own. Uh, look, our na- this is how we operate. And this is where fighting and arguments can contention come. Think of the next time you get into a fight and an argument. Look, there can't be any fight and argument if you're not fighting for yourself, exalting yourself, fighting for your way. It, because as soon as something doesn't go your way, as soon as you don't hear what 
you want to hear. As long as you, as soon as you don't feel what you want to feel, you get mad. You get upset. Then you get sarcastic. Are you attack? Are you do this? Are you do that? Are you threat? Are you do that? Why? Because it's you, 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 you. You're simply you. You've ran. You've ran. You're standing on top. You're not sitting on the throne. You're standing on the throne, and you're screaming. It's all about me. Do what I want, or I'm going to get mad. Do what I want, or I'm going to get upset. Do what I want. That's where it all comes from because our nature is all about self. Our, our nature, our, our sinful nature perceives itself as being God. It wants to be worshiped. It wants to be served. It wants to be pleased. It wants to be exalted. It wants to be complimented. It wants to be served. And that's where everything comes from. It all flows from that nature that's inside of us. And Christianity loves to pretend that somehow that nature goes bye-bye and it's just gone when you become saved. No, the nature remains. So he's saying the causes of, but he just acknowledged we all have the carnal desires inside of us because we all have the nature. All of this, all, all of this arises from the nature, the fallen nature. The fallen nature is where everything arises from. Now, the, the sinful nature manifests itself in different ways. So he's, he's trying to give us the causes of carnality, but it's really weird. He's giving us the symptoms of carnality, which is war and fighting. And where does that come from? It comes from the lust. And why? Where does that lust come from? It's inside of us. Our sinful nature lust. Our sinful nature has desires and it's selfish and it wants its way. It's all a part of who we are in our very core and our very essence. Our, that's why I constantly say, and I, and I make this statement and a lot of people don't like it, but from a purely theological standpoint, from a purely theological standpoint, not looking at from any other way. That's why I call into question, do we ever truly love someone else? Because I think we love because we get. We love, when we love, we're loving ourselves. We, we love that which gives us pleasure. We love that which we like, which makes us feel good. We, we love, in so many ways, the, we, love, we love things the more it gives us. See, the, your love for something decreases typically in direct correlation to you not feeling like you're getting something in return. <laughs> if you truly love, it would be, I'm just loving. It doesn't matter what they do. doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter. I love them and, it, and everything else is irrelevant because I love them. I put them first. I put them before me. I'm irrelevant in it. But no, 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 you love in direct correlation. And then your love begins to waver or weaken when you're not getting what you want. So then do we love others or do we simply love ourselves? We love God as long as God seems to be giving us what we want. So he's saying the causes of carnality but he's giving us what he, the way he seems to be structuring is, is that carnality is the problem. The symptoms is war and fighting. So we need to get back to what causes carnality. But then he's really kind of just arguing that we all have this carnality inside of us anyway, which would seem to imply that all the causes, I, I don't even know, like, all right, let me just see where he goes with this. 
and I'm not saying it's right. We ought to, uh, we ought to uh, as Paul said, we ought to die daily. We ought to deny ourselves, as Jesus Christ said. In Colossians, it says, put off the old man. We ought to be trying to rid ourselves of those things, but the reality is we all have those carnal appetites. But notice in, in, uh, that he's saying, hey... And once again, I, I don't like when we say we have those carnal appetites. We have carnal appetites because we have a carnal nature, and the nature has appetites. The nature has desires. The nature has wants. The nature has needs. The appetites are proof of the nature. Hey, we all have carnal appetites because we all have a carnal nature. So what is, what is the cause of carnality? It comes from the nature which resides in you and in me. So I don't know what other causes, what other causes can he put forth? comes these wars and these divisions and these contentions come from selfishness. Listen, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The wars and fighting comes from selfishness. And where does selfishness arise from? A sinful nature that is at the very essence about self. That's why I always refer to sin as the exaltation of the I. Sin is the exaltation of self. Sin, the sinful nature is all about me, 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 me. This is how I feel. This is what I want. This is me, 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 me. Give me what I want. I don't care. I don't care. Like I, as long as I, I got to feel something, give me what I want. I don't care how, I don't care what happens to you. I don't care. It's all about me. Selfishness will destroy families. It will. Selfishness will destroy a workplace. Selfishness will destroy marriages. Uh, Selfishness will destroy churches. Uh, Selfishness goes against everything that is godly. And we need to understand that, hey, it is the base for contention. We see contentions in verse number one. Not only contentions is an underlying uh, thing of carnality, but notice this as well in verses 2 and 3. He says in verse 2 and 3, Ye lust and ye have not. Uh, so I'm getting confused. So, so wars and fighting are the result of carnality. But he, I thought he said he was going to give us the causes of carnality. He's seemingly to give us... <laughs> The results of carnality. I'm, I'm just, I'm perplexed. He just said, wars and fighting, they come from carnality. So then what's the cause of, the sermon is called the, the causes of carnality in Christianity. What you're telling me is the, what you're giving me is the results of carnality in Christianity. What is the result of carnality in Christianity? Fighting, war, division, disputes. Why does that happen? Because we still have a sinful nature. Now, the second one he's going is you lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. 
Not only do we have contentions that are very clear in verse number 1, but in verse number 2 and 3, we find that it's covetousness. That is, well, I want what I want. The base root, again, is that selfishness. And we find... Okay, so now we have covetousness, and then he says the root of it is selfishness. And that selfishness is a part of our carnal nature. So he's not giving us the causes of carnality. He's giving us the result of our carnality, how it manifests itself, and it manifests itself this way within believers. So what we need to do, and we're at, we're at 59 minutes, you need to go listen to the rest of this. I, I feel that he, I don't know, I don't know who came up with the title, um, someone uh, sent me an email today and he was listening to a sermon and it was something about something about Mormonism. And he said it never really touched on Mormonism. Name of the sermon was like, you know, how to defeat Mormonism or, or Mormonism is wrong, but the entire sermon really had nothing to do with it. I don't know how it works in some churches. I don't know how it works, right? I know in some churches, the pastor walks to the pulpit he puts on the microphone and he doesn't have any, he doesn't touch anything. He doesn't touch the computer. He's not uploading the file. He's got someone doing all of that for him. That would be like, I don't even know what that would be like. That would be crazy since I do everything. I do everything. I put, I hook up the computer. I do, I start the stream, stop the stream, upload everything. I, I, I do literally everything. Okay. Everything. Um, so I think in some cases, I don't know if it's just someone sitting back in a sound booth going, uh, let's call this causes of carnality. Now, in some cases, I think the pastors tell them the title, but the causes of carnality here seems to be like, no, this is the results of carnality. This, this is the results of carnality. So here's what I want you to do. Here's my little assignment for those who are married. You're going to have interaction with your family today. Kids, husband, you're going to have some interaction. And when next time you find yourself, it may be today, maybe tonight, maybe an hour from now, maybe happening while I'm, while I'm, while I'm doing this broadcast, you're going to find yourself in some conflict, some, some, there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a, something is going to happen. And as soon as it starts, I want you not, don't worry about anybody else. Look at yourself and ask yourself, how are your actions, feelings, words and thoughts, a manifestation of your carnal nature. Now you may have to wait until they walk away, right? They may walk away. You're like, you know, whatever, whatever you say, you may, you may do it much more calm and cutting. You may be sarcastic. I don't know how you handle yourself, right? In fact, where do I, well, my journal's way over here. I can't get to it. But then when they leave, I want you to open up your journal, put dear journal, (laughs) Today, or today is January the 9th, 2024 at 1217 p.m. correct time. That's Texas time, right? Because your time zone is wrong unless it agrees with Texas. And then you write, dear, dear journal, today I had a conflict or a disagreement or a dispute or a spat or a fight or an argument. However, whatever category it reaches with my child or with my husband. In that situation, I... I or in that situation, my carnal nature was manifested, was shown in the following three or four ways. Now, what you want to do is you want to, what you want to do is make the list and then say, honey, honey, can you come up here really quick? Uh, can you look on that table? Oh, 
I'm sorry. I thought I left you some food there, but it happens to be a page from my journal. I'm sorry. Oh, by the way, you may want to look at it because it shows how you are a carnal jerk and how you manifested your carnality and that argument we just had. Now, don't do that. Okay. But that's what you probably want to do. Look at yourself. Look at yourself, which is the hardest thing to do, is it not? How we need to learn to see our actions, our thinking, and our feeling, how it is a manifestation of the carnality that is inside of us. Now, to fight that carnality, what we are supposed to do is die to self, deny self, don't follow self. Put off the old man, put on the new, and we're trying to replace those carnal thinking, that carnal desire, those carnal feelings, that carnality that exalts self. And it's supposed to be, we're supposed to then put on a whole different way of thinking, which is the never ending battle within Christianity within ourselves. Now, the problem is sometimes it's hard for us to to acknowledge our own carnality and how it manifested itself in a dispute because our pride gets in the way, which is the, is the go-to by our, our carnal, our carnal nature is all about pride. It's like, no, they were wrong. They were wrong. They didn't listen to you. They didn't care about you. They were wrong. 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 And you never can stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe I was. So that's what we're going to take from today. Now, the name of that sermon was, hang on, I got to pull it up. Name of that sermon was Carnality in Christianity. Um, In fact, if you open it up, Causes of Carnality in Christianity is the full title. I, I think he's showing the manifestation of the carnality. I don't think he's giving me the cause of carnality. He's giving me the results of carnality. This should be called the results of carnality in Christianity or the manifest, how carnality manifests itself. Or maybe you could put the results of carnality in Christianity. What are the results of carnality in Christianity? Well, wars and fightings and covetousness. Now, you could possibly cause spiritual adultery in verse 4. If, if adultery, adulterers and adulteresses is referring to spiritual adultery in verse 4, you can, you can proceed to, to look at that. Now, if you think I'm, I'm, I'm confusing this and I'm the one who's wrong here, by all means, let me know. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. But I really want us to challenge ourselves. So I'm already thinking about how my carnality has manifested itself today. I've already got some good ones written down. There'll be more. There'll be more. Trust me. Oh, come on. Don't act so spiritual. Don't act like, oh, well, I don't know why I listen to that podcast. He's such a carnal person. And and that's why you listen, because you can relate, right? We all are. We all, that's what we are. That's what our, that's what we are at our core. I know what we want to believe is at our core. We are a new creature. The old is gone and all is new, but that's our, that's who we are positionally. It's not who we are practically. We're not a new creature practically. And the old is not all gone and everything is new because that would require the eradication of the old nature. I know I'll repeat that 725,000 times. The reason I have to repeat it 725,000 times is because Christianity continues to teach the absolute opposite of that reality. And then you try to convince yourself that you're not the carnal one. 
And it's the world. See how carnal they are? See how fleshly they are? See how worldly they are? I'm like, uh, I don't know if you realize that. You're looking in the mirror. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, wait, I didn't realize that. All right. Go listen to the sermon. All right. Oh, a couple of you downloaded it. All right. Good. Good job. A couple of you downloaded it. Causes of Carnality and Christianity by Anchor Baptist Church. Hey, download. Let's come on. Download some more. Download some more. Come on. Let's get. We can get it to a hundred, can't we? All right. All right. Thanks for listening. I want. I want to say more here. We may come back to this. I don't know. If you if you listen to the rest, and if there's something that like, ooh, this would be really good to talk about. Give me the timestamp. Give me the timestamp. Give me the timestamp. But to me, it makes me want to write a sermon how our carnality manifests itself within the context of Christianity or within the context of the church. How does our carnality, how does the carnality in the pew manifest itself in the church? And how does the carnality behind the pulpit manifest itself in the church? Because there's carnality in both. Oh, there's so many different directions we could go with this. Remember in 2023 at the end, I said one of the most important concepts I thought is to fear God and to fear self. The reason we have to fear self, because we are our own worst enemy, because we are the carnal ones. The source of carnality is us. All right. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. May God bless you as you meditate and study his word.